Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. Yeah, you know, Baka! 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 Baka. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast where every two weeks we come together to talk about a newer anime that we've watched in a book club format. Then we turn our discussion over to the listeners, that is you, to add in any comments that you feel would enhance the conversation, correct us where we're wrong, praise us for being right, or really just take it off into a new direction. We're just getting the the snowball rolling. You guys are the avalanche. That's a great reference in summer. Mm-hmm. All right. We are talking about the second half of Yurisei Yatsura, or the anime that has Lum in it. Uh, this is part mm-hmm. two. It's episodes 12 through 23. We had already talked about episodes 1 through 11 in our previous episode, if you want to listen to that. But we'll be focusing mostly on the second half with some thoughts on the whole thing. But before we do... I need the help of my co-host. I'm going to introduce them, and they're going to tell you an anime that they either like or dislike, so you can get a feel for their taste as you listen to our review of this anime. So first off, we have the Dune to my Dune. It's Jeremy. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, uh, he's doing pretty good. He, <laughs> he, he says he doesn't do improv. <laughs> How is it a joke? <laughs> I introduced you as the Dune to my Dune, and you said you were doing pretty good. Oh, you're right. That is good. (laughs) And everyone is loving that I had to explain that. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I was trying to think of which anime to mention, so I was only partially paying attention. Um, Let's see. Uh, uh, Honda. Honda San Bookseller. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. The skeleton. Yeah. One of the most uh, original anime I've ever seen because there's nothing else like it. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that was a really interesting one. Um, I I can't say if I actually really liked it. It was just okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I found the one thing you said. I don't know if that helps them a lot. <laughs> All right. Moving on. on. We have my the mummy to my the mummy. It's Jason. Uh, you got to be uh, a Tom Cruise movie, man. Yeah. Oh, not Brendan Fraser? One. No, you're definitely the Tom Cruise one. I'm definitely oh, Tom oh, Cruise. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh. that airplane scene was amazing. Go look up the behind the scenes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the first one that comes to mind is Demon Slayer. That is phenomenal. I really like it. So it's much a so that you known comedy. <laughs> it has its moments. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I remember the and... spider people. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Also, the the movie was great. I need to finish up uh, season the last season. And my name is Troy. The anime I'm picking is Inuyasha because it was created by the same person yeah. who made this anime. Um, it was one of the first anime I remember watching with my wife. Uh, she always hated Kagome, loved Inuyasha. <laughs> uh, but I remember we watched it, and we watched it, and it was so long, and they just never got to a resolution, and we never finished it. And to the point where we were like, no, it's just too much. But for the most part, I really like Inuyasha. We even watched all four of the movies 
but uh, it went on too long. So that, that gives you a tangent for me. I like to have some resolution, some ending there. Uh-oh. So One Piece? Yeah. Okay, well, you brought it up. We need to talk about Gear 5, guys. It looked cool. The animation is beautiful for that clip. Uh, to be fair, I know very little about that anime. I haven't touched it. <laughs> Actually, the manga, I guess, is like four times longer than the anime, so... It's it's just, okay, so I've been hearing on the internet, like, oh, this is going to break the internet. This is Luffy's Super Saiyan moment, right? He's going to reach his next level of power. And I turn on the clip, and he's a Looney Tune character, which really does fit in with One Piece when you think about it. But I was That's not... all, folks. I was not ready for that. And, and if you haven't seen it, it it's worth watching the, the scene, because it's, it's full of Looney Tunes sound effects, yeah. like... Eyeballs are popping out of heads. There are whistles and pops. And... Not in the graphic way, in the Looney Tune way. Yeah. 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 Yep. But, I mean, some of the some of the animation for, like, the movement of how, like, he would grab something and then it would, you'd see everything flex when he grabs it. Not his muscles or anything, but you'd see, like, the object that he's grabbing flex almost like it's composed of water and he just grabbed it and it just ripples some of that was really cool, and just the general motion and how the, when the camera was pulling out and shifting to the side, I was impressed with the animation. But yeah, it, the sound effects were weird. They kind of took away the gravitas at the moment. So to add some context, though, is, is this bad guy he's fighting has been whooping their butts, and I think even killed him at one point, and he was able to come back to life. Like, it's his Frieza. But it would be like if Goku got up to Frieza and then started doing Roadrunner bits on him <laughs> to, to just ruin his day and how mad Frieza would be getting by that. So I I think One Piece fans are very happy with what they got. And for that, I'm happy for them. Mm. <laughs> Goku's was better. <laughs> Undisputed in this podcast, at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about the anime that we watched. Yurisei Yatsura. Are you going to be like this again? <laughs> I'll try and tone it down. But I can't I can't not be me. True. The fans we, expect too much of me. We, we got a comment literally addressing your attitude. I know. Yes. We know what Jason's problem but, is. Okay, so I'll I'll address that real quickly. Uh, I think it's a cope. Um <laughs> trying to explain away reasonable criticisms. Uh, I, I disagree. I mean, I haven't seen the original, so I can't disagree that much or say our commenter was wrong, but I do appreciate the sentiment and I can understand the going on too long, which I think Troy wants to touch on later. So, For, for context, this is for uh, user Sky and his YouTube comment from our last episode. He's talking to you, Sky, so you can tell him how wrong he is. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. All right. Your guys' non-spoiler reviews. Jeremy, your pick, so you can go first. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as the first half, but it's very close for me. Um, I thought that the bits, there was enough variety in them of things that were happening. Uh, some of them, I, I took a few notes here and there just when things really made me laugh. And just looking back at it now, uh, I, I still laugh when I read through the notes. So they definitely landed with me this time. Um, 
there's a few moments that I'm definitely going to call out as as favorites. Um, but I don't know how long I would stick with it if it didn't bring something else to the plate. And I think the big thing for me is that the characters don't really change. And it's important that they don't because this is intended to be an episodic anime. Um, but when you when you watch this many in quick succession, you start really noticing that they don't change. Whereas I think if that was spread out more, it might be uh, more pleasant because you'd come back to something familiar and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. This character behaves like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'd still recommend it if if you really like comedy anime. But, yeah. All right. Jason, how about your thoughts? Oh, thoughts. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have this complaint, and Troy, you made a really decent point during the pre-show, which I'm going to have to think about as we go on, but I complained about that they kind of recycle a lot of the same structure of joke. And, like, you know, uh, Otero does something dumb. Lum shocks him. Ha ha ha. Uh, it, it, I, I didn't dislike the anime as much this season as I did last season, but this one was more boring. I just found myself drudging through each episode. And there wasn't any... The, I think that because there was such a lack of structure and the episodic nature of it, there was, it was really tough to grab on anything for me. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I was bored. So for me, I'm landing on the opposite side of the fence where I was sitting last time, where it, it just, this half didn't work for me. And I think it's mostly because the joke got stale for me. The premise got stale. Uh, while there are some bits that, were laugh out loud funny for the most part i was like all right what's the next bit what's what's the next joke it, this half wasn't working for me most because a lot of the stuff i had laughed at before was just being kind of redone um i one thing i want to touch on what jeremy said is about the watching in in quick succession and i think that is a big part of it i would have no qualms about you know, if I was watching a dark anime or a couple anime and then finished it off with an episode of Yurisei Yatsura just to get that re refresh and kind of lighten my mood, this anime would be great for that. Watching 12 episodes of random silliness in a row, I think for a lot of it, I crammed it into this past week instead of across the two weeks um, because of my schedule. And I definitely think that affected, I was watching the last couple episodes last night at midnight and I was like, okay, I want to get done now, please. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I would fall where I fall if I had just watched one episode. And even if it wasn't laugh out loud, it'd be like, okay, that was okay. And the next one, maybe that one would, would be laugh out loud. I think that's where this anime fits best. And I, I feel like I say that with a lot of comedy anime and maybe that's the best role for anime is it's hard to take in huge, chunks it's not meant for um when you watch a bunch of content at in a row <laughs> comedy a, for sure yeah uh it it definitely works in in smaller doses and i do think this anime works just fine in, in the smaller doses if i was watching this once a week with like three other anime um 
I would have no issue about wanting the episode to get done or wishing this bit was over or anything like that. It would just be like, mm-hmm. oh, that was nice and relaxing for me. So I wanted to give that preface of it, especially after what, when Jeremy said what he, he said. I was like, oh, that's that's very true. All right. Uh, we have a new opening and closing. Here guys' thoughts. Uh, man. Um, the, I, I missed the song from the first OP. Um, it was okay, but it got real stale real fast. Um, and the visuals were more lighthearted. They, they were animated well, but I just didn't, I didn't connect with it mainly because I had a bad taste in my mouth from the first season. Um, the song on the ED is not bad. Um, and the visuals are fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I really like both of them. Yeah, I enjoy. Oh, you how... would. <laughs> I, I actually recognized the first one as a song that I've played on Beat Saber before, but didn't know where it came from. You know, <laughs> I have like the thing where it just automatically downloads stuff from certain uh, authors and map authors. And that's one of them. And it was it was great when I heard it. I was like, oh, man, I know this song. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I really like that. The, the visuals were, they were fine. They were definitely cute. I like, especially at, um, in the outro, you don't see it until it's zoomed out a ways, but you can see like a little circle spinning behind the graphics of the different girls. And on that circle is Ataru running, but it's using the animation style of the original Yurusei Yatsura. So mm-hmm. I, I like that. It's like a little, a little, uh, callback to it because it's it's very different. Um, I watched a few videos on like what the original was like and what people liked about it so much, and um, and yeah, just seeing there's a there's a specific dance that everybody references. Um, I keep seeing clips on it whenever people talk about this show, and uh, he does it, and um, Lum is is doing the dance as well, and it's really silly, and the the way he's running just it. It's a little reminiscent of that. So that was really cute. I wasn't sure until like the second second to last episode if they were the same song. They sounded so similar to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't mind the songs at all. And I really liked the dancing in the first OP. Um, but for the most part, it, it, I didn't feel it was anywhere near as good as the, the last one. It didn't have the depth, that's for sure. Okay, now it is almost time for spoiler warning, but not spoiler warning, because we need to tell you about our next anime. We are going to watch Hell's Paradise, which is an anime about death row inmates in feudal ninja times, and they're sent on a dangerous quest with executioners in tow. So that will be our next anime. Oh, Troy, we need to, like, do spoiler. <laughs> good good thing you caught that. <laughs> I'm actually really proud of you. That was, that was good. <laughs> you got me completely. <laughs> yep. All right. Spoiler warning being dropped for part two, part one. Yurisei Yatsura. If it has lum in it, it might get spoiled here, just so you know. Uh. For a recap, or if for some reason you skipped our last podcast episode, or 
whatever. Uh, this is a story about a lecherous young man who wants to smooch with every single lady except for this one alien who he's actually kind of married to. <laughs> and she, she Thunderbolt shocks him every time she catches him being creepy. And then we have wacky adventures. So that is the concept of, of what happened in the last one. I do want to start with talking about the main character, Ataru, the lecherous scumbag who we all love to hate and hate to love. Um, Jason, what are your thoughts on him? <laughs> I was actually glad there were quite a few episodes where he either shows up very little or not at all. Because uh, I can't stand this character. Um, he's He is the epitome of Two-Face. And he there almost seems to be this glimmer of you know, maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe I need to turn my ways. There's even a really nice moment at the very last scene of the anime, and then they just ruin it. Um, I think the writers decided to just go, how do we get our audience to hate this character? That's what it felt like, like watching him. Um, I don't like him, and I hope he falls off a cliff. Which he probably will. He almost did. Oh, yeah. You, right. I know it won't hurt him, but I mean, yeah. I, I, I could wish. I, I love that people die. in the anime are actually calling out like, oh, he's been shocked so much. He's extra durable now. <laughs> like Mr. Invincible fire doesn't hurt him. Like, <laughs> that's funny. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the sentiment, but the way I see him is uh, I see him as the embodiment of fear of commitment and believing that you want to live the life of uh the single bachelor young man like to your fullest extent sow your wild seeds and everything even though he's not actually doing that the the idea that somebody would actually commit to him is it's scary and repellent um so i i think that's the kind of character he is and i think that that is interesting as a character if he was to grow but knowing that this is an episodic anime and he never will grow and he's going to perpetually be stuck in this um like you said, there's glimmers, but that that can't actually happen or else the anime loses its central joke. So I, I don't know. It would definitely I don't think it would bother me as something that I would see like once a week, but it, it would get really old if I had to watch it constantly to get through like 350 episodes, which is the original uh, series had in the 300s. So wait. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the things that really bugs me about it is that there's no growth and that he he's not interested in kissing anybody. He's not interested in being mm -hmm. with anybody. He's in love with the chase. And it's yeah. I don't know it, that joke or at least that non growing is just irritating to watch episode after episode for me. Well, I do like that um, they show like you mentioned a few glimmers and I want to call out like one of them is where she's shrunken and he's doesn't want to crush her by accident, right? But he's partially asleep, so it's sort of his subconscious reacting. And there's other times where it shows that deeper, out, outside of the facade of who he is, he's maybe a better person. But, yeah. If Wile E. Coyote wasn't an animal, and just kind of a jerk, <laughs> that that's Otero. So when he gets his do desserts so he gets punished mm -hmm. that's the the joke 
You're not supposed to like him. I, I thought it was interesting. He almost turns into a background character in his own anime here. Yeah, that was like, good. He, he's almost never the focus. And in the last half, he had mentioned that, like, I'm hardly in this episode. In yeah. this one, I'm pretty sure there's a couple times he doesn't show up. Or if he does, it's like at the very end, he's under the table, like, ah, I'm here. <laughs> um, so I didn't give him nearly as much thought, and I didn't really have to put up with him nearly as much in this half. So that's actually a point for for this half. I don't dislike him, though. It, he's He serves a purpose. But but talking about the no growth, yeah, I could. I don't know the original ending or anything, but I could imagine, like, he has this big emotional moment of telling Lum he loves her and they're going to be together. And then like as right before the credits roll, he starts chasing a girl because they yeah. have to reset to zero every time. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, minor correction. It's not 300 something. I guess maybe that's how many chapters there were, but it's like 100, 194 episodes. So just want to make sure I correct. It's myself. over 9,000. Over 9,000. Nope. Pretty sure it's eight thousand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, let's have you start with Lum then, his uh, alien wife. Uh, well, Lum's adorable, but again, I mean, we're left with the bewilderment of like why, <laughs> why Lum. Um, we get a lot more of her past in this, and some of it's some of it's pretty cute. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. She's she's fun. I, I don't really have a lot to say about her. <laughs> I dislike her mainly because she has no self-confidence. Uh, and it, it, that's weird because she is this powerful alien. She can fly. She has control over electricity. Um, but she can't stand up to her friends. He, she can barely stand up to Altero. And she's always taking his unfaithfulness, if you will, on the chin. And, but, uh, yeah, he, so there's, there's this quarrel or not quarrel, but there's this, I don't know if it's ever explicitly stated. Like we, we had this conversation in the last season is that, are they married? Like probably by earth standards. No, (laughs) And has he ever committed to her? No. But she continues to treat him as if he is and continues to chase after him as if he is. And it's the most frustrating thing to watch. I I do have to say, just in response to that, that I don't get the impression that she's taking anything on the chin. I get the impression that she's um, wanting something, expecting something, and trying to force that thing into existence. Um, and by doing that, she's bringing a world of hurt onto herself, which she then punishes him for. Now, I'm not excusing his behavior or anything, but, um, you know, she's she's zapping him every every time. And she could just leave at any time. So I don't think it's necessarily a confidence issue so much as a um, this is what I want. and I'm going to get what I want. You will love me, darling. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think that's what pisses me off is the I'm mm. I'm going to make you love me even though you've explicitly told me that you don't you don't want me around and you continually shrug me off for other women, um, but I'm going to stay here and take the abuse. I just I, I I don't find that funny. I don't find that endearing, and it's really irritating to watch. So 
last half, I had actually agreed with you, Jason, and even talked about how it reminded me of um, harem girls or, or the, the, the members of a harem and how they don't have the self-respect. This half actually kind of turned that around. And because we had talked about like every character is a jerk and terrible, but Lum really wasn't. This half, as Jeremy said, guts into her past. And it's like, no, she is an entitled self-centered jerk. She mm-hmm. is. She does not think about other people ever. And then doesn't even realize that she's done it. There's even an episode where she becomes self-aware. I am a self-centered friend. And then walks out thinking only of herself. She doesn't <laughs> care how he feels about it. So it, now it's hard. It, it's hard for me. Yes, <laughs> yes switch. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> it's hard for me now to say that she's in a victim stance, um, or that she's 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 being hurt by this. She is giving as good as she gets at this point. I agree with you that I wouldn't call her a victim at this point because she is bringing a lot of it on herself, and I and I think that's what I don't like is that she's continually just like. She's enabling this, and I, I don't, I'm not she, a fan of it. She's incapable of actually caring how he actually feels. <laughs> she just needs yeah. to do what is best for love. That's what she does. See, and I, I kind of like that where you have two characters and both of them are fighting over control with each other, and you have comedic beats that are coming out of that. Yeah. I like the clash of those personalities struggling. And if if there was peace, if those characters, if either or both of them was reasonable, you'd never have these situations. Right. I like that. But I, I liked the old like Taming of the Shrew and stuff. Like I grew up with that and I enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's probably I, what I like about this, too. I, I think a good uh, example is the food episode where she she like she's putting people in pain. She's forcing yes. people to be in pain with her food is completely oblivious. All she cares about yeah. is I like this. So you have to eat it. He's like, this is hurting me. Yeah. She's like, nope, more. <laughs> you yeah. eat more. Because, um, yeah, she's she's not a good person, just like everybody else in this anime. And so. Just in a different way. <laughs> yeah, in, in, a, in her own unique way. Yeah. The, They're all the perfect only, little snowflakes of evil. <laughs> the only thing is, like, now when she electric shocks him, I'm like, eh, okay, I've seen that a, a lot. <laughs> I'm not yeah. laughing at it anymore. I, except for every time, I can't help but pay attention to his hands, where he sticks out his fingers in that. I looked that every up. time. I looked okay, it up. What is it? So it's an old uh, Buddhist hand signal. Uh, this is what some people say. There's there's two things that I saw that people would say. Uh, one was that it stood for pain, and the other was that it stood for shock. Um, and so this was actually something that she put into her her uh, chapters and the anime and everything before, and it was just a. Uh, Something that was constant in the show. If people were shocked by something, they would show it with their hand signals as a sort of body language. And huh. sometimes it showed up when there was pain as well. So. I remember the last time we saw a shocker with a hand symbol in uh, anime. <laughs> You're a family show, sir. <laughs> I did not say anything inappropriate. I just made an innuendo. And you know how uh, oblique it is because I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> sure he does. It's <laughs> a yeah. Naruto reference, right? I pretty uh, Barato. No, okay, that makes this joke way worse. Never mind. Let's move on. 
<laughs> okay, so neither of us know. I don't feel bad. No, anymore. no. It, <laughs> it, it, if we, if you must know, it was that uh, the Demon Lord anime where he has the. Never mind. You, you sent us the picture, and you were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe." That's it. right. I do remember that. I don't remember. <laughs> All right. We'll tell so, you after the show. Okay. <laughs> at, at the end of the last uh, half, it was New Year's. It's still New Year's, and we see Lum in uh, Yakata. Am I saying that right? Is that an outfit? Yeah. The... She's in a fancy dress. And and Otto is jealous because his parents. It's like no, it's a yukata. It's like a kimono, but it's it's not. It's like fancier. They always wear it on New Year's. Oh, we've seen it in other ones. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's in all the time. Whenever there's a festival, they have to wear it. Doesn't matter. She looks yeah, pretty. Yukata. Yep, you're right. It's yukata night. Okay, yukata. Mm-hmm. Kind of like summertime rendering. Oh. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Otero is is jealous because his parents are like, oh, he, we wish we had a girl. <laughs> he would have been, he would have been such an ugly girl. But <laughs> I know I love that. <laughs> uh, but we are introduced to a new character. It's it's a mini lum, <laughs> but this is Ten, who's her little cousin. But Ten's he's pretty cute. He's very slow when he flies, so waddle, he's took it a while waddle. to get here. He just like waddles <laughs> through the air. Your guys' thoughts on the character of Ted. I'm going to let Jerry go first because of the face okay. Jason's making. <laughs> I know. Jason just hates him. <laughs> so I really like Ted. I thought he was really funny. His exchanges with um, uh, Moroboshi. What's uh, what's his name? Main character? Ataru? Ataru, yeah. yeah. His, Ataru his ex- Moroboshi. Ataru, it's Ataru. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his exchanges with Ataru were fantastic i enjoyed them a lot because they were very different from what you get with like mendo or ray or any of the other characters right um he sees himself as a rival when he's not really a rival he's a rival for her affection but it's a completely different affection right just her attention in general um a lot of the gags that that dealt with him were initially just fantastic like the idea that he sent himself in the mail i loved it that was adorable it was a great idea um, and that he's super, super slow when he flies. That was really cute. It went on a little bit long, but that kind of emphasized the joke. I was okay with it. It wasn't too much. Um, and then how they would tie that in later where like, he's still waddling every now and then. And it's a callback to, yeah, he waddles cause he's a baby. He's still flying really slow. Very cute. And yet it's contradictory because he's got his own like hover bike and he's traveling through dimensional warps and buying things from online stores like he's awesome some of the things that he does just they don't make any sense for him as a kid and i loved that that's what was really funny to me um his date with sakura was always like right on the line for me where i was like uncomfortable but okay you guys made it okay but i'm uncomfortable but okay um so yeah, I, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good. All right, Jason, let's hear the other side of the story. Yeah. <laughs> this was, this was just a more irritating cherry 2.0. That's um, why I liked him. That makes sense. He just <laughs> comes out of nowhere for a gag or an episode or two. The gag is either not that good or just downright offensive. 
and because he's because he's just a baby, it's like a lot of the jokes don't even make sense. Or like oh God, the way he slowly waddles through the air is just the most irritating thing to watch. Um, Did you ever see Dancing Baby in the nineties? Then... Wow, that is a old callback, Jeremy. Holy I know, God. I know, it's really You're old. Talking about that like, like CGI one? Yeah, it was a really crazy. Yeah, that CGI irritated baby. the crap out of me i hated every time that came on okay then yeah you're the first person i've ever heard that hated it i've heard some people that are like nah, it's all right but never heard of anybody hating it i yeah i guess i turn away every time i see it um which hmm. uh yeah i i didn't think he was funny i didn't think he added much to the scenes um and yeah he was he just reminded me of like cherry as far as like the randomness so, yeah, I wasn't a fan. I'm not crazy about him either. I don't have the hate. And I, like, I don't mind the waddling. Um, but I, I disagree. I, so Cherry is a punchline in human form, uh, where Ten is a setup in human form. He is He is there to create the situations for random comedy. Hey, I can shop on an online store. Just now, I have a laptop that connects to space. <laughs> I'm the character that we need to do this. He's there just to inject a randomness so mm-hmm. that they can then play it out and get to a joke. Whereas Cherry comes in to a random situation and closes a joke. Okay? So they're okay. opposite ends. Mm-hmm. Let me explain to you guys what funny is. <laughs> I know. This is, but no, you're very accurate. Like what you're <laughs> describing makes perfect sense. I, I understand the setup or structure of said joke. I just didn't find it funny. because <laughs> Jason doesn't know what funny is. Like, it's yeah, not a okay. thing Jason does. <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair at all. You I know. know. Um, yeah, but no, I, but like... I was not offended. Don't worry. Okay. Because I don't have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Atero being uh, constantly jealous of him was just so weird. <laughs> like, oh, that baby's getting all the attention from ladies. It's a baby, dude. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> He's not getting anything that you would have gotten. Trust me. <laughs> uh, um. So, yeah, that, that that was the part that bugged me. If he was, like, just more protective of Lum, that would have made a lot more sense. But the fact that he was, like, constantly child flirting with all the girls and and the setup is just that Atro can't handle having to share that attention was he child flirting with all of them I thought he just had his eyes set on Sakura well like he's so cute and adorable it's hard to tell if he's doing it on purpose Um, Mm. Sakura is the one yes he definitely is intentionally flirting with her but he's being cute for everyone and and Atro is getting mad about his affections from everyone not just Sakura yeah, I, th- I think like you're saying, though, he's getting mad because they all have affection for him for right. for 10. Yeah, not necessarily that 10's trying to get him. But yeah. Um, They go and they visit Sakura and everyone shows up and Ron is working there now, who's the pink haired vampire alien girl who hates Lum. Yeah. Uh, she's working as a temple maiden, and then Ten is like, "Oh, it's my alien friend, Ron," and 
And Lum's like, yes, everyone's going to know she's an alien because she's hiding it. And mm-hmm. then she's like, no, I am not the alien friend. And Ten's like, oh. Okay. And everyone just buys it. And, uh. Well, it, it, okay, so they didn't just buy it though because Lum kept saying that, that she was. And so did Ten for quite a while. It wasn't until Rand said, yeah, you bedwetter, you better stop or I'll oh, tell right. everybody you're a bedwetter. And then Lum was like, oh, you guys didn't hear anything, right? And they were like, yeah. No, no, we didn't hear. So I think everybody knows at that point. A fight breaks out because of Atero and Ten, and Atero gets thrown out by Sakura, which makes Ten fall in love with her. Which takes us to our next segment, which is where he writes her a love letter, and Atero's like, I'll help, and writes her an adult love letter. (laughs) And but he's trying he's trying to make Ten fail, but by yes. using all the horrible things that have failed for him in the past. Yes. Like it's stuff he has said, but has always gotten him in trouble and stuff he and he plans a date for them, but it's all the stuff he always gets in trouble for planning on dates. Sakura gets the letter, but it doesn't say who it's from. So she just gets pissed because it's so offensive. <laughs> it's really bad. She goes like, to be- they're like blurring the words on what's in this I want to beat your beat and beat and beat. Yes. They do do that, yeah. Uh, but when she sees it's 10, she's like, okay. And she, she does take him on a date so he won't cry. He mm-hmm. tries to take her to a swingers club. <laughs> yes. And then she refuses to do that, so he cries. Uh-huh. And, and Otto and Lum are following along and like providing support slash ruining the date. They go to a adult movie, not an adult adult movie, but like an R-rated yeah. Prince of Tides type romantic, probably as full frontal. Well, movie. okay, so that's where I was wondering, like, were we getting Ten's interpretation of the movie, or were we getting what was actually happening in the movie? Because the movie was constantly making like innuendo and everything. Oh, it was. But, but then no, it would they show showed you the, the scene, scene, and the scene is something completely innocent. No, I think that was just a joke. I think it was like because they were talking about animals or something. They were like, "Oh, the, yeah, the, the, it's so big." <laughs> yeah, then, but then they're like at a zoo. <laughs> well, and and then she was eating. He was like, he was like, "Oh, you're not gonna be able to fit all of it." And she's like, "You just keep trying. It'll all fit in there." And then it shows her, and she's eating something. Yeah. And like, it's it, not everything sounded sexual with it, but it kept showing you the screen, and it was never sexual ever. Right. But it was like the movie knew what it was doing. To me, that comes off as a play on how many times movies are both for children and for adults, right? Like there will be jokes, innuendos, things that you know when when kids are watching it. It's a kid's show. They're not getting what you're getting. Yeah. And to me, that's what that show was, because I don't think that that little kid would have been able to get in if it was really a dirty show. Maybe. I don't know if that matters. Jason, well, do you think it matters? <laughs> really don't. In fact, I don't think it was from his perspective because we had plenty of uh, uh, of other perspectives within the theater. And maybe we should move on. Yeah, he went to sleep, too. So I, All I, think I want to call about the, the movie is that Lum was fascinated by, it, again, showing that yeah. these kids are playing at relationships and are fascinated by the concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the date, we find out Sakura is engaged to be married. She's wearing a ring. And so Ten attacks Atero. 
because that's what he does. Yep. Uh, the next episode. Okay, this is the Battle of the Snacks. The teachers don't want the kids going out to get food after school? So no, during school? During yeah. lunch, right? Yeah. So this, I had to look up what was going on here because this is a cultural thing. Right. Um, apparently in Japan, it's very important that, uh, when you're, when you're going to, uh, school as a little kid, you learn to eat what's given to you. You learn to appreciate and clean your plate. Um, and so at school, that's just part of the deal. Uh, no vending machines, no going off campus and getting your food, things like that. Um, at least that's what I was reading. And so, yeah, I, I think this was a joke that you'd probably understand a lot more if you came from that culture. So the the teachers have this plan to catch students. The students, students find out, and so it becomes this big war. Mm-hmm. At one point, mild-mannered reporter shows up <laughs> and then turns into Superman. But he's not Superman. He's super snack <laughs> or, yeah. or food food. Yeah, area guy food court guy um who joins the battle they they do the the superhero freeze frame of like one side flying at another side um and they all battle till the best joke though is the old guy who dies and then the young teacher holding him is like i can't believe he died the old teacher's like i'm i'm fine (laughs) (laughs) oh i can't everyone he's gone why do you keep saying that yep uh, that was a good bit, but nothing comes up. They even say like, "We're gonna do this again tomorrow," and it never comes up again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did enjoy a good Superman bit. Uh, the next episode or the next part of this is they're eating desserts at a cafe and feeding ten. So all the girls are here giving ten desserts from their cafe. And Sakura starts talking about her fiance, who's a sorcerer, because she's a priestess. <laughs> yeah, from America too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's a sorcerer yep. from America. Um, so Ten orders a what is it called? A lovey-dovey crystal ball. And if you look into it, you'll see the person you're supposed to marry. Yeah. So <laughs> everyone starts looking. So then there's <laughs> you um, shaking your head. <laughs> Just the like you could see the joke coming five ten miles away. It was just obnoxious. Okay, you're right. Uh, continue, Troy. <laughs> so everyone's looking in the 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 little ball and seeing people they shouldn't see that they have to get married. Otero, Mendo, and the fiance are there. <laughs> yep. And 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 they're trying to get involved in everything. But the bit I like the most was um what's the girl's name what's the former girlfriend's name shin shin shinobu shinobu or yeah shinobu shinobu sees sakura's fiance and then goes and sits with him and she's like no this is this has to happen you can't get away (laughs) he's like uh i'm not comfortable with this and she's like i'm sorry it's fate you gotta you're marrying me yet again showing how horrible she is right we had talked about how horrible she was and she doesn't do much in this half but this joke of her just being like I've locked in a handsome man. I'm fine with this. And I'll steal uh, him away from Sakura. If he that was is good what... enough for Sakura. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that I like. Uh, and, they, and then the joke, Ten leaves and then finds out that they have the wrong ball. 
and he doesn't tell anybody. <laughs> and then there's a commercial for Fantasy Bubblegum, and that was terrible. It was a post-credit scene, and it was just it was another. It was the same store. Yeah, and it was about this bubblegum, and it never comes up again. And it was just, it was just very random. It was, it was like just a skit of of what other weird things is that store selling, and this bubblegum, like you blow it up, and and then it becomes whatever toy you want. So it's the perfect toy. So I thought it was cool as like an alien toy um, advertisement, but definitely not anything that's going to pay off in a larger joke. But. This storyline, and then we as we go into the next storyline, brings back one of my favorite characters, Mendo. So I want to bring him up again. Mm-hmm. He does get some storylines here and there. What are you guys' thoughts on Mendo in this half? He, I didn't hate him as much this time around that I did last time. And I think that's probably due to the amount of screen time he gets. I think his screen time was nearly cut in half on this side. Um, but I think what got stale is the sword joke. He's constantly swinging a sword at Atro, and Atro always catches it. It's like, why couldn't he just miss catching it once? Anyways. Because um, <laughs> that was just... murder. <laughs> <laughs> why did I find that funny? Um, <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> um, he... I don't know. I think he was a good catalyst for a lot of the setups uh, throughout this ha- this season because he wasn't he wasn't nearly as lecherous as the first half. Um, and I did like that uh, Shinobu was continually chasing him as well, uh, even though she knows how terrible he is. Um, but I think he's he's better when his sister's around. Yeah, where he gets to be like the butt of some of the jokes. Yeah, Um, I really liked him in the lipstick episode, especially that was cracking me up because we got to see once again his sort of like, oh, he's the I think now he's the class president because he's taking that role up. Yeah. Um, And so he's got, you know, this perfect persona. Everything seems to be great. Right. But if he ever gets an opportunity, he's just as bad as as Ataru. He just takes a little bit of a more refined approach to it. So it doesn't come off quite the same way. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed him again. I agree with Jason more as the butt of the joke for his sister, because I enjoy that character a lot. Um, <laughs> she's so bad. Um, we'll get to her. She's coming up. Yep. She's on the list. Yep. 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 So, yep. Uh, Mendo is my favorite character. Ray had been last half, but he really just becomes the one joke this time. Um, Mendo, usually when he's around, for some reason it just works better when he's getting smashed around or, or getting his come up and better than Otero when it happens to him. I just like it when it's better with Mendo. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it why the delivery works better. Maybe it's because he does have a bit of an earnestness to him and he's trying to be good and then still stumbles and falls and gets crushed. The the voodoo doll uh, oh, yeah. segment was was really funny as he was it was very, very Looney Tunes, but mm. it was working for me. The octopus stuff wasn't working for me, but his school <laughs> stuff was working for me. So for the most part, I really like Mendo. And we're about to meet his rival. <laughs> so 
it's baseball day at school <laughs> and this like warrior teenager shows up <laughs> there's a scene of him like taking a, a ladder like he comes up to the school and he's like oh i'm gonna climb up there and he puts the ladder he starts crawling and the teacher the teacher runs up hey don't do that don't do that and he's like it's fine but then you realize the ladder's not on the building like it was shown to us <laughs> he's on the gate so when he on the top it just tips over and falls <laughs> and the teacher's like that's what i was trying to tell you man uh you're gonna fall um this is tough Ton. ton, ton, um, mm. who <laughs> for me, guys, he works. <laughs> yeah. He he is Wiley Coyote. He is trying so hard and just killing himself so much worse than anybody else is. Uh, your guys' thoughts on on ton? Jeremy, why don't you go first? <laughs> um, I thought ton was great uh, his, in his first introduction to everybody. Like when we see him with the teacher, he's like, I'm, I'm in the mood to fight. You know, don't try and stop me. I'll beat you up kind of thing. And then immediately like trips and falls. And that tells you that that is who this character is going to be. And that's going to be his joke constantly is um, anytime that there's a situation of dexterity, he's going to fail. Like he always gets critical failure. And but they took it to such an extreme that I found it very funny. Like there's there's a sequence where you get to see what he was doing to train for this big conflict. Um, and. Every time he would punch or kick or do anything else to train, all it took was the one move and whatever he was training on would injure him really badly and he would have to stop training. Right. And so you just got the impression that like this, this guy, he's not trained at all. He's not because he sucks at everything. But (laughs) (laughs) he's just very funny. And once again, you've got the same like level of earnestness as Mendo where you know, he's 100% serious. This is the most important thing in his life. He has to do it. The concept behind him actually going into the forest and disappearing and training for years only to come out to like prove that his training was successful once a year or so and then failing every time. Like it's it's a funny character as as a weird situation goes. It definitely fits in with the cast. I think the best part for Tan was you know Atro and one of his classmates are attempting to throw the game because they're going to win a bet if they lose and so they're really concerned that this kid that's been training yeah. for years is just going to wreck the other team but he wants to join their team so he's like I don't want okay we better test him and you know he's a complete failure in anything dexterous and so Atro said you are in that, that was that was okay um <laughs> <laughs> but he I, I think he worked more as an enablement for other jokes than he was a good character in of himself and what I mean by that is again we're going to re- meet um, Ryoku uh, her infatuation or love for Tan was semi-entertaining to watch oh that is Ryoko that's the little sister oh did you say Ryonosuke no, 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 I, I said Ryoko. Ryoko, okay, yeah, yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Guys, that's she has her own spot on the list. Quit bringing her up. You know I <laughs> hate awesome. her. But she's, she's more interesting than this character. Mm-hmm. We'll get okay, to her. I'll, I'll stop. Please continue. Mm-hmm. Me? Is it, is it me? Am I supposed to go? <laughs> uh, yeah, the... He, 
he's there to challenge him to a baseball game, which apparently is their blood sport that they play every year. Um, these guys have already really covered it. He trains in the mountains because he's been defeated, shows up once a year, and he's terrible at everything he does. Is part of his training eating baseballs? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Doesn't he say, like, dozens. you didn't know what I had to do to survive, and, like, so he eats baseballs? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, okay, well, Ryoko shows up, so what do you guys think of Ryoko? <laughs> Wahoo! Funniest character! <laughs> um, I didn't particularly... I guess the only word I can really come up with is humorous, but I didn't laugh. But I did find <laughs> it humorous that she was continuing to say the sweet, I'm yes. chasing after this boy thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like pushing him off a cliff or like holding his head underwater or, or like grenades at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, watch out. <laughs> boom. Yeah. Uh, no, it's and- the boom. Kaboom. Right. Kaboom. Oh yeah, the onomatopoeia. Um, and like he's a, he's continually attempting to go against Mendo, and Mendo thinks he's trying to woo his sister, but he has no interest in his sister because his sister's been torturing him for years. Um, and so her her involvement on this half was uh, less irritating than the than the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she cracked me up. All of her antics, I thought, were fantastic, super funny, Um, just because she's playing the I'm the sweet, innocent little sister. Right. But she's horrible. Like she's doing. I really like contradiction in comedy. That apparently is what makes me laugh. And she does it so well. Um, The grenades, the fact that she's always like her servants are running around with bags on their heads that can't be just so that we recognize them from the rest of the Mendo household servants. That's got to be because she makes them wear bags on their heads because she's so horrible. So her servants are always running around doing her bidding, which is always the most horrible thing. Like you can see that they're exhausted by what she's making them do too, right? Like when they get back to the home plate, they fall in a pit. Why? Well, there's a servant that's like laying on the ground next to the pit, holding a shovel, breathing rapidly because he's exhausted from digging the pit while they were running around in the circle. And they're they're constantly used like just the entire play of how she interacts with everybody around her is fantastic. Um, When they when they bring her in for that last episode with the voodoo doll, too, it's only for just a moment. But it was still really, really funny. So I yeah, I love this character. She's very quick. Quick rant. Um. This scene was one of the, I I was just like seething, okay, not seething, but I I was upset watching this because it's like one of the servants grabs the baseball, puts it on a chopstick, and starts like going towards Ton with it, and I'm I'm going okay for no, that's not how baseball works, and you're like <laughs> pretending he hit it and like going out to the outfield. <laughs> I don't understand how you think this is within rules. Why would you even chase him? The play is done the moment you took it from the pitcher, let alone running it out to the infield, counting it as a hit. This is the dumbest joke. Jason, let me explain to you what comedy is. (laughs) This is not comedy. This is just stupid. When when 
Okay, no, but real for real, and I've many times found this to be funny. Whenever there's like a ridiculous situation, but everyone just accepts it at face value. It's the same. Oh uh, well, um, gosh, Space Dandy with the um, the shapeshifter and the fourth guy just walking by, but they're not <laughs> calling it out. They're just like, and the fourth guy. And, and <laughs> you you are not helping your case by referencing Space Dandy. For me. I am, sir. You're not the one I have to convince. <laughs> Premium. Okay, Premium comedy. Um, I I love it because of two things. Number one, like what you're saying, Troy, the fact that it's everybody's accepting what they shouldn't. But the second thing is this is like the green screen dudes, right? Like these are the guys that basically because she never sees them as real people, they are a manifestation of her will. You know, she wants something done. These guys, they become green screen men and they run around with props. And the only thing that's supposed to be visible is the prop they're holding. They do not exist. And so to see her will manifested like this to the point where they're actually <laughs> he's got the ball on the chopstick. It magnifies the fact that Ton is so bad at what he's doing. He's like a preschooler with a baseball bat, basically. So it just compounds the humor to, to have him carry it out. You made a good point there. I can see where those guys are inspired from because there's those Japanese stage shows where the dudes are in all black and they will like carry another dude that's like against a black background. So it's hard to Mm -hmm. see it, but you can definitely see there's a dude there. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's not forget that. Otero is the one trying to get him out, even though they're on the same team, <laughs> technically, because yes. he's afraid of losing the bet. So, and, and so, of course, Lum, if, everything that happens, like Otero gets involved in something, he starts screaming, Lum starts screaming at him, Mendo starts screaming at them. Um, that, that gets to be a constant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we basically described the whole scenario, though. So, yeah, they fall in the pit. Oh, I haven't really just talked about Ryoko. I need to. I need to talk about her. If I was just watching this, yes, she works. She her the 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 setup she brings because of her just sociopathic evil nature is funny. The voodoo doll thing worked really well for me. The joke we're about to get with the cement. I laughed. I did. <laughs> But I'm trying to take notes here. I talked about this last time. This girl is Deadpool level Bugs Bunny randomness. Every time, the more screen time she gets, the harder it is to take notes. For example, <laughs> in this next bit, she has to take the octopus for a walk because her brother has disappeared and she's not sure why. And then he does show up and he's like, yeah, remember last night when you put your hands over my eyes and said, guess who? And this whole bit of like, he guessed her, and he's like, I'm too smart for you. But she doesn't let go while they're filling him with cement, and he gets covered in cement block. Anyway, he shows up all pissed off, and then she gets a letter from Tun that's meant for him, but she thinks it's for her. So they all end up at the same place. He's trying to fight Mendo. She thinks they're they're getting married. Otero also wants to be there, and Lum, of course, is electrifying him. I'm trying to take notes here. <laughs> There's there's a barbell for between presses at one point that he that flies onto his head. He flies into a ninja obstacle stage. She throws two grenades at him. Yeah. 
and I'm like, do I write that she threw two grenades? <laughs> do I take the time? Do I need to explain this? I don't know. It's so hard to follow the plot because like it's starting to go a certain way and then grenades and then it's going this way and then she's doing something more extravagant. It is insane for note taking. It's like watching improv. Not just to, but not just note taking. I mean, it's just insane to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what's great about it. It's it's like a yes and skit, right? Yeah. Where where they're like, what is she gonna do next? Oh, and then she does this. Oh yeah, yeah, and then she does this. And I laughed really hard at the because again, the the voice actors provide their own sound effects for the major sound <laughs> effects. So when she throws two grenades at him, it's just her voice going kaboom, kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never seen that before in anime. It's very good. Um, probably the best thing about this anime. I hope lots of comedy animes will copy that. That is so funny. It works for me every time. The boys hitting stare, stare. The boys (laughs) hitting with hammers. The whack, the whack, thump, thump. Um, that that's a great joke that they do this whole thing, and I love it every time. All right. Um, eventually, Mendo approves their marriage, and Tun has not. Not Tun runs away. Grade, he just he does not want anything to do with Ryoko. All mm-hmm. right, we're going, we're going. Okay, Ron is back. Do we want to talk about Ron? I don't really want to talk about Ron, but she she's no different in the first half. Except for she, her, her, I felt like oh she actually has a point here. <laughs> Love is the worst. Whereas last time yeah. I'm like she's just kind of horrible. This time I'm like oh. They made her kind of horrible. It yeah. wasn't her fault. Exactly. Like she says, you made me this way. I thought it was really good getting her background. It was it, it, it was genuinely funny, too. Like, like you said earlier, Switch. That that, that was some good stuff. Back That's there. coming up here, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- this first skit is about her going on a date with Ray and feeding him. And he kisses her cheek. Which oh, that's we, right. we know based on his behavior, there's food on her cheek. Food. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, this is the happiest day ever. She tells Lum, uh, we're friends again now because Ray kissed me. And then Lum goes home and Ray's there eating. And she's like, why are you here? And he's like, Lum. He does his Lum thing. But of course, Ron also shows up. So she's all pissed off and jealous and grabs the a snack that someone has and she eats it. And then it gets on her. And and Ray kisses her again, on the lips this time. On the lips, so it's yeah. even even better day than ever before. So you could t- taste the paste from her mouth. Yes. Yep. And then we go to another one where they're having lunch together, and this is where she reveals her backstory. When they were five years old, they were having a sleepover. She had gotten in trouble the night before for wetting the bed, mm-hmm. and that night Lum wet the bed. And throws Ron <laughs> switch is what they get referencing. Um, just throws Ron into the puddle, and then when they wake up, the mom's yelling at Ron. She's like, "I didn't. It wasn't me. It had to be Lum. We switch. She switched our places." And Lum's like, "Nope." <laughs> so Ron gets in a lot of trouble, and to make her feel better, Lum gives her a dolly, and then has her come over to her house to sleep, and then does it again. And when the mom shows up, she gets in trouble again, and again, Lum lies. And the the point being, and she even Lum's like, well, no, we have lots of stories. Like, where you were bad to me, and she tells another story, and Lum again was the bad friend. And yeah. so Lum apologizes. I've been a bad friend. I'm self centered. I'm sorry. 
And and this whole time, Ron's been eating a lot of food because Lum has to pick up the check, and Lum just leaves. <laughs> Determined to be a better friend, and Ron gets stuck with this huge check. Uh-huh. Showing she'll never change. Yep. Um, And then there's a... Sakura makes a love potion, and... Uh, Lum gets Otto to to eat. He gets all lovey dovey, but then he starts lying to everybody about every yeah. random thing. Even telling his own parents they're not his parents, and his real parents died. And it wasn't a love potion; it was a loud potion. The page next to love potion, and it makes you a loud liar. Yep, that's the. See, it was losing me here, Jeremy. I was like, okay, we can. <laughs> so let's I... keep going. I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed some of the bits that came out of it. Like I was trying to figure out before we found out what it was. I was trying to figure out what's going on. Is this like a truth potion? And these are things his parents didn't tell him. Like he actually was adopted, and and he knows it. Or like, but yeah, the punchline wasn't as good as you know all the setup. The next episode, the group goes to the beach, but the waves are angry. But these two shop owners are telling the ocean that it sucks. They don't use those words. Um, <laughs> and then they run away from it every time the waves show up. This is a father and son who run an ocean shack. Air quote. Uh, and they get involved. And so they run this ocean shack, but they keep it open year round. So whenever the ocean has bad weather and tastes away the customers, the dad decides they have to yell at the ocean into submission because everything is a manly test. And these guys yeah. are always punching each other and beating <laughs> each other up. And the group, like Otter is like, this is stupid. We're leaving. But then they find out the boy is actually a girl. And the father forces to dress like <laughs> a boy because he it's how to be manly. This is Ryonosuke. This might be the only time that I thought it was a decent like setup for them to be lecherous, both Mendo and him. Because as soon as it didn't matter what she looked like, it didn't matter her mannerisms or what uh, you know how strong or like you know rough and tumble she was. The moment they heard female, they were like, "Oh, turn around, we gotta go." <laughs> Yep. And they both like get right in her face and they're like, what? Look at her eyelash. And then I think the art actually changed a little bit for her and she wound up having eyelashes and bigger eyes. I could be wrong, but that's the impression I got. I knew she was female from the get go. I mean, she's very pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her her face was drawn just like every other girl in the anime. Yes. So. Yes. Um, yeah. Your thoughts, thoughts on Ryanosuke, I guess. I thought this character was okay. Um, I I liked that this character was continually looking to for a goal and continually going towards that. I want my dad's forced me to be this way for so long. I want to be feminine. I want to be girly. I want to have those experiences. Um, and so that was kind of a neat journey to go on because I, I guess I was just scraping the bottom of the barrel for some sort of arc in this anime and like i just i couldn't find one and this one finally popped up i was like oh it's a character that's gonna make some progress she's gonna become a real girl by the end of the uh, by the end of the season nope no. <laughs> no spoiler alert yeah um no i got a kick out of out of uh Rinusuke. um to me i got 
strong like Ranma one half vibes, even though I haven't seen much of that, just even from watching her and her father interact, it just reminded me of, of what little I had seen of that. Um, but she cracked me up because of how focused and how passionate she is about wanting to be a uh, be able to enjoy all of the feminine things, right? She wants a dress. She wants a sailor uniform. And it keeps, sh- it keeps showing like flashbacks when she was a little girl and she was inspired by the sailor princesses, right? Um, she wants a bra. She wants all these things that, you know, most girls grow up used to. And it's, I, I thought it was really, um, it was sweet. It was, it was not what I expected. And uh, I was, I was impressed with it. I enjoyed where they went with the jokes. At this point, I was like, do we need another character? <laughs> um, I, there's nothing wrong with the character. I actually prefer her over like the ice princess and yeah. and the redhead princess. Um, but I was just like, man, if we if every three episodes we had to add a brand new character. Oh, boy, <laughs> this is going to get big. Um, I, I, I like some of her storylines. Um yeah, she was fine. I, I one thing I didn't like is how much they yelled, but thankfully that kind of got reduced a bit when they weren't as much in the spotlight. Her dad reminded me of Vegeta for no reason whatsoever, other than the <laughs> hair, and that that made me smile. <laughs> that awesome. imagine Vegeta trying to raise a daughter on his own, and then be like, "No, Trunks, you're gonna dress up like a boy. <laughs> you will be strong. You will be a man. <laughs> we named you after a dragon." Um. They every time the group tries to leave, they get pulled back in, like with free food and stuff. And the dad's like trying to get them to convince Ryanosuke that he's right, that he should run the the, the shop with them and, and take on the family business. And Ryanosuke just wants to go off and become a real girl. And eventually they knock each other out. So they get chained up by the group so that they'll have to talk. But instead, they break through their chains and tear down their own shop and then start swinging the chains at each other. Yes, and the group's awesome. like, we quit. We're going. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that ends the whole skit. They're Until insane. we go to the next one where they are moving into town and they have become the new runners of the school shop. And then Ryunosuke has to enroll in the school, and then it becomes this big thing. Is she going to get a sailor uniform like all the other schoolgirls? And the dad's like, no, you have to fight me for it. You have to earn it. And she's going to win until Otero tries to hug her in the middle of the fight, so she loses. So she, yeah, she, she has to dress as a boy. All the girls think she's hot, which makes Mendo jealous. So he comes up <laughs> with an evil plan to get her a sailor uniform. They beat up her dad <laughs> with hammers and they All give the it boys. to her. And she's like, no, I haven't earned it yet. I don't know how to properly be a lady. So she asked Ron to go out with her. But Ron thinks it's a love letter and a real date. And Lum's like, that's a girl you should know. And she's like, oh, you're just jealous. So they go on a date, which Otero and Lum ruin because they <laughs> do that. That's what they do to everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. But I really enjoyed yeah. the date. It cracked me up because the whole time Rinosuke is like evaluating, oh, I need to be a girl. The way that she holds How her hand, the way parfait. she eats with, right? 
It, it's very, very funny. Very cute. Yeah, because when she was a little child, she saw someone with very similar hair and thought mm-hmm. they were very That's elegant. Right. Yep. God, this anime should stick in my head forever. <laughs> the next episode, Ryanosuke wants to buy a bra. <laughs> yep. So, um, Shinobu is being stalked by these three creeper gangsters from another high school. One's dressed as a bush, one is dressed as a trash can, and one is dressed as a dog. And don't worry, they don't change. Even the next day when they've been, you know, they've been found out, they're working together, they're still in disguise for some reason. It's just how they're they're in disguise when they go to their boss. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, They're like kneeling down in front of him, like going, Those aren't da-da-da. disguises. That's just how they dress. Switching uh-huh. uniforms. And the yep. dog's chest says dog. Yes. <laughs> Extra convincing. So they're taking photos of her. So she walks with Ryanosuke, and they're like, oh, she's got a boyfriend. They find out it, it's not. They're like, hey, Ryanosuke, you need to dump her. Their boss, who looks like a frog with giant lips, he's this he's giant guy. He's it's rough. and he's huge. He's, yeah, he's a, he, he eats a frog at one point. Yes, and it turns out to be uh, Ataru's mother's mother that he stole. <laughs> The the thing is, so the the gangster's like, look, if we can show that she's on a date with her boyfriend, if you guys fake this, we can break our our boss's heart, and then he'll leave her alone. And they offer to pay Ryunosuke money because she found out bras are expensive and she can't afford one from her piggy bank. So she's doing it for the money. They go through situations where she's like so focused on just doing the job, she doesn't even notice that she's like kissing. She starts to kiss um, Shin Nobu. Shinobu slaps her. Mm-hmm. Um, Atro is like, wait, I should be the one doing this. And he <laughs> yeah. tries to bribe Ryunosuke with a bra, his mother's bra. <laughs> okay, this was probably the first time where I saw uh, Ataru in a situation where I was like, okay, I, I understand what he's doing here. Like, it makes sense. What they wrote, it wasn't just a lecherous guy. I mean, obviously, Lum is on his shoulder complaining the whole time. But the fact that he's like, all you need is to pretend you have a boyfriend and all I'm doing is pretending everyone's my girlfriend. This is perfect. Right. <laughs> so I, th- I thought his, in, his, uh, <clears throat> his injecting himself into that fit perfectly. What I, I like the finale of this cause the boss shows up when they're taking lovey W pictures and the money had flown away, so Ryunosuke was running, and it looked like Ryunosuke was going to have to choose money or do I save Shinobu. Uh-huh. But Shinobu just punches the guy because she has super strength. I don't know if we knew that from before, but apparently Shinobu is super strong. And mm-hmm. so she just decks the guy, and so Ryunosuke gets to go after the money, which falls into the hands of Cherry! Cherry! Yeah! <laughs> and the cat. Look, you can be upset about the randomness of Cherry, no one's explaining the cat. No one's addressing no. there's a giant talking cat in this anime, and it drives me nuts. I'm like, it's, why do the, you exist? This scene drives me so nuts. I was just, I was so upset. Don't worry about it. This is the, Don't worry about it. It wasn't the fact that they were there. It was the fact that, oh, I'm just going to burn this money to get my fire started. It well, I mean, it was the enough. cat. The cat did it. He doesn't have a value of money. It was the cat. 
But like, I don't know. It's just uh, so dumb. And then the gangster eats the bra. <laughs> that was weird, but mildly funny. That one was mildly funny. It was just really weird. I thought it was more funny to discover, you know, at the end when it showed uh, Ataru's mother, like, going through the laundry, like, where where did my bra go? <laughs> the second half of this episode was is my favorite of all the, the segments, of all the clips. Mm-hmm. So, uh... There's there's like a falling star is happening. People are going to make a wish. And a star literally falls into Ataru's house with his, his family. Destroys it, too. Now, describe it. This is like like you just drew a five-pointed star and put a smiley face on it. And then gave it a plastic a Sailor, Sailor Moon wand yes. and, a, and like a pen. And he's like, hey, I'm here. It's got to a star you. at the top of the wand. With a sticky note, With sticky note pad, <laughs> the shape in the star inside the star on the top of the wall. Oh, this is just so dumb. I this would be this. just as perfect in a Rick and Morty episode. Like yes. this creature showing up in Rick and Morty would be perfect. It would fit. Yes, yes. That, that that's spot on. So he's like, "Hey, I'm here to grant your wish," and the mom's like, "It's a scam." <laughs> and they're, they're mad because he ruined their dinner and the, broke the house. And, and he's like, I'll grant you your wish. They're like, get out, you scammer. But the dad <laughs> writes down, I want the house fixed. And he, he feeds it to the star, and it, the house is fixed. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is real. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. Stay. We'll make you snacks and tea. And they're like, what's our second wish going to be? We have to be really careful. And then it just shows a clip of a hand feeding a note that says, I want takoyaki. <laughs> And it's Jerry. Jerry has randomly appeared and stolen the second wish. And so they beat up Jerry. The rest of the episode is everyone arguing about what they want for the third wish. The mom wants, let's get a bunch of money. We can do anything we want with any of the money. So let's just do money. Otaro's like, I want a harem. Lama's like, I want Otaro to not want a harem and quit cheating on me. And the dad wants to do his life over. Yes. They find out that's first wish. First, he's like, I want something magical. And so it sounds like it's something noble and interesting, right? And then you find out it's just, no, I want to do my life over. I do my life over. <laughs> While they're arguing, they have till dawn. While they're arguing, they tell this the, the star, he can have whatever he wants to drink. So he goes in and starts drinking their beer <laughs> and gets wasted and passes out. So they're out of time and they need to make their wish. But the star's asleep. They're, like, they're throwing water on them. They're like, wake up, wake up. And Cherry goes, I know what to do. He writes down, I want you to wake up and feeds it to the star. And the star wakes up and says, third wish granted, bye, and breaks a window. (laughs) And and Lum and Jerry are like, we got all the wishes. (laughs) Well, I can't believe we did it before dawn. (laughs) I loved it. I thought this was a great episode. (laughs) This This was good. I don't know if it's good for this anime. It was just good. Um, I feel like we're describing the missiles into the black hole again. Like, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find. Out of the, the turntable with going missiles. <laughs> just, am I that heartless? Am I that just missing of comedy? Because this was just, absolutely like 
just mind-numbingly boring. Mm. The the joke is a little obvious. I mean, as soon as you know, hey, you get three wishes, and because of this anime, what this anime is, yeah, no the wishes will be ruined. Right, no one's gonna get yeah. the three wishes. It's how they ruin it, it using Cherry, which hasn't shown up very much, even though he was just in the last segment. He's not been around very often. Um, him stealing the second wish, okay, that that that, that makes sense. That's a very Cherry thing to do. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. But the using the third wish to solve the problem of we can't have the third wish, that's that's a good subversion for a joke. I, I feel like that's a really solid writing right there. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Switch. And he had the little plastic, little plastic one. Uh. All right, the next one. Um. Oh, this is love making the magic lipstick. Oh, this is a good one, too. I like this one. So, yeah, she makes magic lipstick that if any two people are wearing the lipstick, it'll make their mouths come together and kiss. Mm-hmm. So she puts it on herself. Not even, not even that. It's just if two people are wearing it, like the paint and paint will, will match. No, it's it's smooch. It it literally makes you smooch. Well, I mean, it's a Okay, but she, she magnetized to Ten's face, not to <laughs> yeah. his lips. So it's, right, but it's, she did kiss It's him. a magnet. It's true. But it was on her lips, right? But she went, she didn't go for Ten's lips. She went for Ten's where it was marked on his face. Right. But she did pucker. I I guess that's what I'm going to, it makes you pucker. That's fair. It's not just, ah, my lips are on you. But we literally saw that multiple, never mind. This is dumb argument. It's pulling your body weight. So I think it would definitely (laughs) make you pucker. Please please (laughs) continue. It gets on 10. So Ataru figures out what's going on. He gets really offended and throws it out, but he didn't really throw it out because it's perfect for his plans. Yep. And he he tries to use, he uses it on he gets Ryunosuke to use it, who's very excited. Her first lipstick. He puts it on himself, but then Lum shows up and he starts. Oh, Ryunosuke punches him before he kisses her. Look, it turns into chaos. Everyone yes. puts on the lipstick. Every student, yes. every all the girls want to kiss Mendo. Mendo put it on because he knew Lum had it on. Um, all the boys put it on because all the girls have it on. But then somehow it gets on the teacher as well because <laughs> yes. they threw it and hit him in the head. So now all the boys are being pulled to the teacher and it just turns into <laughs> chaos. Yep. This um, was a snowball joke. And that's what I liked about it, right? It starts with such a tiny thing and it uses the same thing but magnifies it. It just grows by orders of magnitude until it right. becomes this overwhelming chaotic mess. I actually really like that method of comedy too. I thought Ryunosuke's punchline worked really well too because her her lipstick is terrifying. <laughs> you know, because again, this <laughs> yes. is her first encounter with lipstick, and it turned into this giant snowball of chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the perfect character to deliver that line. Yeah, yeah, yep. And the metaphor of what the the purpose of lipstick is, right? That it's supposed to draw people. You know, it's supposed to make the girl more attractive because she's got the same like uh, blood flow, right? And so it's supposed to lead to kissing, right? So I'm not crazy. This is what it's supposed to do. So there's like, for, it's like, there is a different For our audio, audio listeners, Troy's expression was magical. I just yeah. loved the, I can't believe you're explaining this right now, look. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, maybe it's really obvious to everybody else, but I thought it was a nice subtlety of how there was this uh, maybe not metaphor but like an uh, an underlayer of what is happening here is just the most obvious expression of 
it was the blood flow that got me, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is what happens. Oh. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, the next segment is they have to do something called Yamanabe, this class activity, which is basically everyone puts a random food item into a hot pot and then they have to eat it in the dark and you don't know if you're going to be eating something good or something bad and that's the the game i love this concept this is really cool yeah i was wondering if i would do it i'd be too scared (sighs) yeah i don't think i'd do it but i love that i'd love watching people do it um so lum goes and decides to cook something that she really likes which are these purple spiky super spicy balls that like have hair sticking out of them yeah we see her feed one. A dog accidentally eats one, and it farts into the sky because <laughs> it's so bad. Uh-huh. I was worried because it's kind of a reddish brown coming out of him when he repelled. And I was yeah. like, "What is that?" <laughs> it's supposed to be fire yep. mixed with. Anyways, it's brown fire. <laughs> so then she makes she chases Atero around and finally makes him eat it. And it swells up his lips and hurts him real bad. So he wants revenge. So he's like, okay, I'm going to figure out what she doesn't like. She doesn't like Chom Chom. And then he talks to Ten. Ten's like, well, I can go get some Chom Chom for the the hot pot. He's like, oh, great, but it'll be 10 days, so it's not enough. We find Lum doesn't actually taste most Earth food because it's so subdued in flavor. That's why she she drinks like habanero sauce from the bottle. Because she's a, a demon, that makes sense. It does. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't like garlic, we learn. So Atero starts chomping down garlic and then tries to hit on women. <laughs> they realize that distracted. I, he got confused. This joke went on just way too long. <laughs> I mean, like the, the the whole power of three when it comes to telling jokes, mm. like, Real was just blown three. way past on this one. That's it was just like, ugh. He tries to hit her with garlic breath, but she has air freshener in hand, so he fails. But and like, he... why? Like, she's never carried around air freshener before. How would she know he was going to do this? I don't know. She said something, but I, I can't remember what it was. But she said something that I think explained it. I just don't remember the, what it was. I took it as a Bugs Money moment. I always mm-hmm. do. Oh, okay. Um... But then the time for the the pot comes up, and so he throws a bunch of garlic. She throws in her stuff. Mendo is throwing in not peasant food. Yeah, <laughs> he's worried like about eating peasant fin. food. Shark yeah. fin. <laughs> um, and then Ten found some chom chom early, and so flies in, sees the pot, it's like perfect. I'll throw it in there, and he throws it in. There's other uh, people putting like lizards, whole lizards. Mum uh, eats a uh, shoe. Shoes. Fish yeah. bones. Fish bones. Yep. Mendo eats the spicy ball and is like, oh no, peasant food. <laughs> but uh, Atero gets the chom chom, which is actually the. Re- and Lum had said, it's not the taste. I just don't really like the experience. And the experience is chom chom eats you. Yeah. So he gets eaten back. I didn't expect that. And uh, that joke, the punchline wasn't as good. I was hoping Chom Chom was kind of dumb. I thought. Okay, I really didn't like this clip, uh, this segment. It's the Mendo introducing everyone to his octopus friends, mm. and then he's like, "Hey, I have an Arctic octopus." And then Otaro makes fun of it, so it runs away and goes into the jungle room 
And then they have this jungle adventure and the octopus grows giant because of the heat and they have to fight it. This is another snowball joke because it starts mm. off with just his octopi and then he's like, oh, well, I have a better octopi. And then we go in this huge freezer because we need to replicate the Arctic. And now we're going to go into this huge enclosure, which is the jungle. And then the octopi gets huge. So, yeah, no, I understand. I understand comedy. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning. <laughs> not from this anime, though. Um, I just, I guess, I just didn't find anything in this segment that really caught me. The only thing I liked was uh, I laughed when their outfits changed because they they go and it looks like they're explorers in the Arctic, right? And they're dressed up in like the really, really thick, heavy coats and everything. And, and then like all the safari. sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden they're in safari gear and stuff, and it caught me off guard. I I did not expect there to be such a drastic change. Um, and then when it would, whenever it would zoom out, it'd be like, yeah, they're not actually in the Arctic. They're not actually on safari. They're they're in a greenhouse, or they're or they're in a, a frozen, uh, um, Antarctica chamber. You know, I I thought those were funny, but the rest, eh, take it or leave it. The next segment has Ten buggering, bugging Otero at lunch, so he feeds him a pickled plum, which oh, apparently gets Oni drunk mm-hmm. instantly. So they have this little drunk baby spitting fire everywhere, and everyone's blaming Otero for getting him drunk. And he's like, all I did was give him a pickled plum, and he gives one to Lum to show everyone, and so Lum gets drunk and then she eats everyone's pickle plums, so she yeah. gets super drunk. And then he he's trying to find Ten, who's disappeared, and then she's whining and zapping everyone because he's not looking for her. Yeah. But <laughs> to care for his wounds, Sakura needs help from her uncle, Cherry, who brings a bottle of booze. But then Lum randomly grabs it from them, and the teacher, who is convinced that the students are drinking, is like, they're trying to find the alcohol, and Lum flies in with a bottle of booze. And he's like, there it is. And then she starts shocking everyone. And that was it. Mm-hmm. This one was just okay. I thought the fact that she became, as soon as she got drunk, she started like demanding that everybody get their lunch out and give her that pickled uh, plum. That was a, a real throwback to her being self-centered, right? As soon as she's drunk, it really manifests. Do I have to describe the episode with the the middle schooler bad girls? I that was so dumb. It was uh, so random. This like, is a this was a what? rough one. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's a whole episode. It's not even a it's not even a segment. It's like this yeah. whole story that just keeps going and yeah. going. Well, I can wrap it up in like a sentence or two. Okay, here's what. Okay, three Oni who are younger think that they can be the new coming uppers, so they steal the chain from what's her face and Benton. Benton, that's right. Benton. Um Yeah. And so <laughs> it's hijinks ensue to get the chain back, and it's never explained why the chain's so important to her. Come oh, to find it out it's the Oh yeah. It's Go ahead. come to find out it's the key to her house, but oh lo and behold, she left the back door open. She she could have gotten that way. And then that was the end of the episode. <laughs> yep. Why was the supercomputer a chess statue? I have no idea. That <laughs> might be a cultural reference, so I don't know. Oh. It reminded me of the Austin Powers uh, Burger Boy rocket. Mm. 
but yeah, it, yeah. And then it, at one point, it pukes just like thousands of chain. It's like yeah. okay, that was its plan. Yeah, supercomputer came up with that. And Lum accidentally destroys the chain at one point, but then doesn't tell anyone and is hiding it. It it was weird. But then it's not destroyed because when she puts it in the lock, there's, it's there's one late. thing I had to call out. In a flashback, when they were middle schoolers, they have a crab teacher, and he yells the line, it's very shrimp-portant to attend class. Yes. You wrote that down. I wrote that down. Pun, puns are, are a thing. Uh, we're going to talk about that in our mini-sode, too. Wait, so so what do you do with puns? I'm not sure. Because uh, I don't know what comedy is. They're punny. <laughs> Bitch, you're not. Hey, <laughs> I hate. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> oh my god. The next episode about the same princesses, but when they were in elementary school, and the, how Benton got mad at this robot teacher named CAO2, and so in current time they found out this planet is starting to be col- uh, colonized. They're like, oh, no. And then they tell the story about CAO2. He's an eraser robot, but he also... So they keep trying to pull pranks on him, and he, it doesn't phase him. They just keep getting him more and more in trouble. And eventually, he chases him across space and gets stuck on this planet. It's planet sea urchin or planet urchin. So he gets stuck on a spike. Mm-hmm. And they just left him there for that decades. That is the most horrible thing like they're killers, basically. They, if he was not, if he was biological, he'd be dead. They, they are killers. And the episode or the segment ends with him showing up at the cafe. They're telling the story, finally free, smacks them all on the head, and then flies away and says that felt really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not enough. <laughs> yeah. See, not uh, enough. they not they weren't all working for me this time, man. Mm-mm. This one does though. Uh, Ryoko makes a voodoo doll of her brother mm-hmm. <laughs> and then goes and tortures him and then is like, this is too much power for me to have. So she gives it to Otto for safekeeping. Not personally. She has a servant take it. But, you know, it's the same thing. And, and gives him no context. Right. Just this yeah. is really important to Ryoko. Keep it, so safe. He, Keep it safe. So he wears it on his chest. So as Otto is going through his normal actions and getting beat up by <laughs> girls, he keeps getting hit in the chest. And so whenever he gets hurt mendo gets hurt there's even times where he's like sitting in his desk and he just leans forward and like leans onto his onto his arm and crushes the doll and mendo shows mendo and he's like so mendo start knowing that he has the doll starts interfering and saving him but he's still Mm -hmm. getting hit by the very thing he's trying to like like otro almost falls off the roof playing volleyball He's at this point where he's like, hey, stay here. And he turns around and Otto's already gone to go play volleyball on the roof. And Otto's about to fall off. So Mendo jumps and saves him. But then he falls off the roof anyway. Yep. He eventually demands Otto to give him the doll at sword point. And then Otto learns the secret of the doll. He's like, why didn't you just say so, man? Now I can torture it. <laughs> and he nails it to a tree. So Mendo goes and makes his voodoo doll for Otto. And they have a voodoo doll battle. Yep. That's the thing. Yep. 
Um, your your expression says you are unimpressed. It was good. Like it had yeah, it was... irony in it. It had silliness. It had like comeuppance. There is something uh, I, for me. For the reason mm. I'm laughing, at, there's something very funny about someone going out of their way to not get hurt, and it's actually causing them more damage. Yeah, than that. that that that's a that's a very well worn joke. Very Looney Tunes. Yeah. We've said that. I've yeah. said that so many times. Yeah. And maybe that's it. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't find the Looney Tunes formula all that great anymore. Wait, for real? Yeah, it's just like, just random slapstick is just not, doesn't do it for me. Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner to this day will make me cry laughing. It doesn't matter which one. I love every single one of them. I know it's coming. You know the catapult's going to go backwards. You know it is. And then it does. And he's dead. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love Wiley Coyote. Uh, most Looney Tunes work for me. But man, Roadrunner Wiley Coyote. And also because there's no words. No one's talking. It's all set up. And then usually subversion, right? Like you think, oh, he's going to go into the wall, but then he goes backwards off the cliff instead. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's how they killed him this time. So don't, don't. That's classic. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, no, that's, that's good stuff. I didn't, I didn't know that was possible not to love Looney Tunes. Dancing baby. <laughs> Looney Tunes have been around since like the 40s. That's not fair to compare to Dancing Baby. <laughs> no, Most know. people forgot. 100%. I will agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 10 buys a bottle that will shrink things and then accidentally points it at Lum so she gets shrunken. But she breaks the bottle. And then she tells 10 to go buy another bottle that grows things. But she tells Otero that she actually has this alien sickness and needs love and affection to get over it. And he's like, this is annoying. But then he actually starts to worry about her and actually takes care of her. But then he overhears her telling the cat that it's a lie. This was her mistake. She had a good thing going. But she had to tell the cat. No, not people. Not people. She told the cat. I have questions, and I probably shouldn't because I don't care that much. But a, we've never seen—actually, I don't know—I don't know if we've ever seen her talk to this cat for one. Uh, for two, why is she so just oblivious that she would tell her dastardly plan to yeah. anyone, let alone this cat? Um, yeah, I, I didn't—I didn't get like I knew they needed some sort like to tell this joke that they were telling. I knew they needed some vehicle. To for Otero to attain it, or else it was going to become right. too, you know, good good natured and good hearted. Mm-hmm. So they had to ruin it somehow. Mm-hmm. I I was expecting her to tell like maybe Benton or the the ice lady, and he would hear them in the other room or something. But yeah, the cat that in the middle of a park. Yeah, yeah, out of left field. <laughs> So he he locks her in a birdcage. Ten <laughs> finds out that the the bottle maker, who's a scarecrow, very that's that's also Rick and Morty, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, a random thing is an alien. Um, yeah. is breaking the bottles because he's not selling them very well. And even though he's almost there, he's like, "You're too slow at flying." So he flies back to Earth and said to get his scooter and Otto for help. And then Otto has to get Lum to come with him. 
uh, but she's mad at him for locking him in the birdcage. And, and a he cat to... almost ate her. Yeah, there was a giant. There, not the cat. That <laughs> would be cat. that would be random. A, a yeah. random cat. <laughs> yes. Uh, they drive. Drive. They do a full. They they. There's a fully Cooley reference here when they power slide. That's a that's oh. a shot from Fully Cooley. Um, but they throw her at the big bottle right as it's breaking and enlarges her just in time. I thought this one, as far as comedy goes, wasn't real strong, but I did like that it gave uh, Ataru uh, an opportunity to show yeah, that we've he been, had it, some care. We had, we've been missing uh, uh, emotional beat for a while. Cause mm-hmm. They did that like twice or three times in the last half, and so we need to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, Shinobu rescues a little fox from dogs, so it falls in love with her and follows her to school, and then pretends to be Atero, and then <laughs> no one can tell who's the real one, <laughs> even though it's it's a tiny little fox with just his hair. <laughs> well, no, they did. It's not that they couldn't tell. I know. It's that they were like, we really like this one because yeah. he's nice and considerate, and he's doing nice things for people. So that one must be the fake. Yep. <laughs> so they they do eventually tell him to go home, but he replaces the teacher, and then the teacher's hanging from the ceiling saying, <laughs> let me down. They're like, shut up, we're learning. And they only have to learn like one plus one equals two. <laughs> from the fox teacher. From the yeah. fox, who's now the teacher. Yeah. That was also really just a random thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, introduction of another new character. Um. Oh, and then the episode ends... Not not the next episode. Episode ends with the beginning of the queen of the school competition preliminaries where everyone has to check hand grip strength. <laughs> Why? Please, please understand, this is not a um, beauty competition. This is yeah. best woman of all things. And the preliminaries is your hand grip strength. Yep. That was a little... Mm. But... Most mm. everyone who qualifies <laughs> just breaks the the, the scale. Whether they Which, have strong, like Lum just fries it instead of squeezing it, and they're like, "That works." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this is another snowball one. It's hard to describe. Um, so the day of the competition comes. The five finalists are Lum, Shinobu, Sakura, who's not a student and should not be there. But yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, what but is the nurse doing? Ryanosuke and, and Ron. Now, Ryanosuke was forbidden from her father from entering until he saw the prize money. Then he's like, yeah, you do it. You go. The first competition is mystery box where they have to go put their hand in. And it's me and Jeremy both thought it was going to be cherry. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Especially because Rats, you I'm... buy the mold shops. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, and what's really funny is like in the first half, in the first half of the season, it ended with an episode where Cherry was in a box. And in the second half, it ends in, in an episode where t- uh, Ten's in the box. Ten's in the box. Uh, but yeah, with Jason, the water Jason Boyd does something with important. The water After every segment or before every segment, Otero, who's the ref, um, goes does this huge big introduction for their sponsors. And every segment has a sponsor. And they're like, what is going on with the sponsors? He's like, don't worry about it. Brought to you by this. Um, uh, and then the, the judges are the teacher, the principal, and the cat. 
Yeah, and I love how like periodically at different points they're like, "Oh, we're going to give that bonus points for style when it's just Sakura." Like, yeah, being hot and yes. uh, innuendo position. And there's like other times where the girls are are like uh, arranged in some way that's uncomfortable, and it flashes over to them, and they're just pressing the buttons. Points, 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 points. They do they do a bunch of competitions. Uh, Sakura wins the eating competition, even though she's like, "This is embarrassing. I won't try very hard." But she eats everyone else's food. Yeah, before they can have plates. it. Not just uh, everyone's food. She they run out of ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. But then it comes down to a wrestling match. So the girls all change into swimsuits or that they can wrestle in. Yeah, it's supposed to be wrestling suits. Like, right. you know. But Ron <laughs> realizes she's the weakest of the entire group. So she starts kissing everyone to suck their life force out so that they'll be weak. But then they find out they're actually on a team and they're wrestling zoo animals. <laughs> brought to you by the zoo. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So weird. It's a lion, tiger, bear. Oh my! And a snake. Oh, is there another one? I feel like there's one more. Yeah. Anyway, um, the girls are all getting beat up because they don't have their strength except for Lum. So eventually, Ron starts kissing them again. Gorilla. It is gorilla. Thank you. Uh, Ron starts kissing them again to restore their powers. And then they all become super strong and beat the crap out of the animals. It's not even close. Like the animals are hugely outmatched. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, who won? And they're like, well, that was so entertaining. We forgot to keep track of the points. So it's a team win. You all win. And you all get a bunch of crackers, the fish snack thing. You forgot. So they were promised 15,000 yen worth of prizes. And then they were like, you get. 3,000 worth yeah. of, or 3,200 worth of, and they were like, wait, that's a discrepancy. <laughs> I'm crackers. Yeah. Well, it was, it was like 150,000 yen, and then it wound up being like 30,000 yen each, which does wind up being 150,000, but it's not actually yen. It's equal to the value of 30,000 each. <laughs> Rinosuke's dad is like, get crackers. some, get some, let's scoop yeah, it up into a bag. We're going to sell it. We sell these. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then outside, Atero is sitting there with uh, a giant wad of cash from all the sponsors that he had. And he falls on Lum, and they start to have a romantic scene. But Sakura was chasing him already, and Ron or someone else was also chasing him. Oh, and and the yeah, chaos is Shinobu. Shinobu. Yeah. Shinobu. Oh, as everything descended into mass chaos, every character shows up at the end. Or like the, the bird girl. Crow girl? Yeah. Bird girl comes back, the, the middle schoolers come back, and uh the best joke ever. Cherry says such depravity. Just didn't want to miss that one, Jason. That seemed like a really good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a summation of the whole series. I just love that he showed that up with one sense. last line. It's just, yeah. I can't, it wasn't funny. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Cherry? <laughs> I miss him. He wasn't here enough. It was nice that he wasn't there that much. <laughs> I thought he was used just perfectly. Oh, just wow. right. All right. Um, let's go on to our final reviews. Jeremy, oh, 
It's your pick. <laughs> what did you think? Um, so it's not quite as good as the first half, but I think maybe that's just because I was being introduced to the main characters and there was a lot more focus on them. And I kind of like that back and forth. There were definitely some major highlights. I really liked the episodes with uh, like the shooting star. Uh, the lipstick was funny. Um, you know, there were a couple others that we already mentioned. The characters, I, I think they're usually funny, but what I'm seeing is these characters are intentionally one note. And if you do everything right, you know, you can play an interesting melody with a whole bunch of different notes. If you screw it up and you get the wrong ones, then you get something pretty dissonant. So it's going to be hit or miss. And um, I think this would definitely be something that I would enjoy if I watched like one a week or one every three days. I could probably watch the entire series um, if the original series is anything like this. I don't get the impression that it is, um, especially also with what Sky said in the YouTube comment. It sounds like there are distinct differences. So I'm I'm going to give it a three this time. It's not quite a four. Jason, how about you? A uh, quick question for Jeremy. Is that a three for the whole series or just this half? Uh, I'll say the whole and this half. Um, I wasn't nearly as offended this time around as I was the last time. I, like I said, I was just getting more bored. Um, the jokes just weren't landing for me. And like I could tell they were jokes, Troy. But they just weren't funny. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't have a lot much more to say. I was, please tell me where I'm, what I'm missing in the comments. Point out what I should have thought was funny. Because really for this side and the whole season, it's a two again. I, I think one thing, if I can just make a really quick comment. There are anime that are comedy anime that you have really enjoyed. And some of them where I've been kind of bored by them, like the Dragon Maid one. I didn't really find it that entertaining or funny, but you really liked that one. That's that's slice of life, isn't it? Yeah, but it's you like the comedy aspects like you laughed at the jokes in that. You said they were good jokes. I was kind of bored by the jokes. So it's definitely just a matter of subjective taste, like what what jokes are going to make you laugh. So. Ain't nothing subjective about Looney Tunes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's a classic. Um, I'm gonna go for a two for this half. Yeah, go to the dark side. Three for the whole thing. <laughs> like the star bit is probably my favorite bit of the whole mm. uh, season. Um, I also like the lipstick. Yeah, there's some good, good ones in there. There's a lot of ones I was like. And that middle schooler one was, it was the whole episode. That was, was like, hey, yeah, that was this is rough. Um, and there's just a couple where the jokes fell more flat than last time. And partly was, okay, I get, no, I get it, the concept. I get what we're doing. <laughs> we're just doing it again. Uh, you know, I, we, we had talked in our pre-show about, um, the three stooges. If the three stooges don't do their bit, their one bit, then you're upset. So, you can do the same bit over and over again, and they are funny every time they do the bit, much like Wiley e. Coyote is. 
So Speaking of it, being offended. It's not just <laughs> it's not just the repetition. Um but there is something that the concept just didn't work for a long term watch. But like Jeremy said, I do think if it was one episode a week or something, then that would work much better. I I, I did find myself more on the board side with this half. But I, I think for the whole thing, especially if I was watching just on a irregular basis, one episode here, one episode there, I I would have no issues with that. I'd, I'd be more than happy. So a three for the total series or season. All right. Uh, our next anime, just to remind you, is Hell's Paradise. We'll be talking about that next. If you have thoughts on Utaru Urase, please let us know. Um, Sky is a great example. You know, he explained why he enjoyed the original series, why it was different. That's the kind of comments we're looking for. We are Baka's truly, truly. So thank you for your comments. If you want to leave a comment, you can reach us on our Twitter at Baka Podcast. Hex? You, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> You can reach us on our website, theanimebakaclub.com, where there is a contact us button and leave a comment there. Or wherever you found this podcast, if there is a comment section, feel free to use that. It usually comes back to us. Um, again, thank you for all those who do leave comments. We really appreciate it. I think it's time to tell you guys about the next mini-sode. These guys are going to be talking about part two of season four of Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Yeah. No, it's not. Don Machi. That's right. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> All right. Now we can say goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hi, now.